Oh, you know what that means, folks. That means it's time for a new film photography podcast. Juice up with your favorite caffeinated beverage, whether it's a Mr. Brown iced coffee, a Starbucks drink, <laughs> hard liquor like Mark's drinking. <laughs> right. I wish. A warm beverage as we are now drifting into December, a very fun month. A month a month for like joy and grief. <laughs> joy because you know, you see old friends, a little bit of grief because you have, you have to see some family members maybe you don't want to see. <laughs> joy and grief Joy, yeah yeah. Joy because you get to go to the family Christmas At someone else's house Grief if it's your year to have it Right <laughs> It's like bittersweet It really is Because you go over your family's good food Then you're like When you see like, you know, whoever You know what the best thing to do is, folks? Best advice ever I can give And I really mean this Always just smile <laughs> Just smile and keep a happy face. Always be, you know, sort of like, just be professional always, and you will drift through your life, (laughs) dance on a happy dance. What are you on? Save your grief. Honestly, save your grief for when you're by yourself. (laughs) Seriously, I mean that. I sincerely mean that. (laughs) These are still on the way to go. Oh, oh, this got... That's one bad one. We got, like, it's a pocket smash. Is it a pocket smash? Yeah, that's a pocket smash. Not a monster mash. No. But a pocket smash. smash. Okay. We're, we're here at the FPP, and what Mark O'Brien's doing is a, a few shows ago, he uh, he showed us his nifty little uh, PC-less, computerless scanner. What is it called, Mark? It's called a Doxy scanner. Yep. D-O-X-I-E. Yep. And you could scan your prints without a computer. Go back a few shows. We chatted about it. And the last show, what show, we all went Polaroid crazy Patrick Tobin from The Impossible Project kindly sent us over a box of film for us to test. Yes, thank you, Pat. The, two new boxes the, the, the new generation three awesome film. Uh, and now we're kind of just... The prints are still here on the table, and Mark O'Brien is scanning them in. So while he's doing that, I'll introduce myself. My name is Michael Rosso. This is FPP 155, December 1st, 2016. I'm in the studio. We'll go around to the left this time with Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? Mark O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And Leslie Lazenby. Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here, here in the December months. Uh, we have lots of topics to talk about. And I'm going to try to pull some, pull some topics out of the air because this is a great time. What is the kind of gift you give to a film photographer that has everything? Well, I don't know. We're going to make it up. And a lot more when we return. We'll be right back. The green, fragrant moments of this Christmas will fade away before you know it. Are you going to let them go without pictures? In color? On Kodak film? Before the magic is memory, see your photo dealer and ask for the film in the familiar yellow box. Kodak film. For the times of your life. Hey, we're back. First up is a letter. This is from Laura Mathis. Laura says, I found your podcast from a link on the Dark Room's Facebook page. Hey! Nice. I love the Dark Room. Great, guys. And my only question is, where have you been all my life? 
Laura, where have you been all my life? <laughs> I'm listening from the beginning. Sprockets! She says, Sprockets! Now's the time on Sprockets, then we dance. <laughs> and I'm only mid-2010 now. Wow. Well, this came in August 30th, so I'm okay. guessing that... She's, she's caught up. Yeah. I haven't even been born yet, uh, <laughs> as far as the show goes. <laughs> I love the long format. I love every sound effect. C41. One, two, three, forget about it. Dawson Luna Pro F. One, two, three, forget about it. K14. C41. Dawson Luna Pro F. One, two, three, forget about it. I love the super positive. Super positive. I love the approachable tone of the show. I can't wait to jump on the forum and ask questions I've been sitting on for years just for lack of someone to ask. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and shoot mainly nature photography. Ooh. My first camera as a kid was a 110 purple plastic birthday gift. Who knew I was shooting Lomo back in the early 90s? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great quote. I graduated to a Vivitar, I think, point-and-shoot camera. <laughs> Finally, in 1996, I enrolled in a photography darkroom class in high school, and I met my constant companion, my Pentax K1000. (laughs) This camera has been almost everywhere worth mentioning since that time. I also have a Minolta Max 5, Mm -hmm. which I acquired so I could shoot horses equestrian sports, as they tend to be a, a bit too... Yeah. Fractious for all the manual setup. I was given a Minolta 5D back in 2005 by a very generous boss, but I, but I just love film. And I'm so glad I found a group that also loves film. It can be a bit lonely out here. Yes. Thanks for all you do. I'm so excited. I have five more years of podcasts <laughs> to binge listen. You have more than that if you're at 2010. And it sure looks like you're doing well out here. So, Laura, thank you very much. I'm so thrilled. Oh, it says how to pronounce your name. Laura. So, Laura. Yeah. L-A-U-R-A. How to pronounce it. Laura. L-O-R-A. Mm-hmm. No Flickr name. We are all on the Flickr, Laura. I know it's mm-hmm. kind of passe in 2016. Oh, it's still the it, best platform out there. It's still the biggest it is. photo sharing in the world. It, it's a great platform. You could write a lot of details about your image. People could comment on your image. You could join groups. I'm hoping, because uh, Yahoo has been sold, I'm hoping that someone takes it over that really appreciates and doesn't try to bling it out. Yeah. Right, Matt? Yeah. Absolutely. It is what it is, and it's wonderful the way it is. It works just fine the way it is. Yep. works just fine the way it was. That too. (laughs) So let's uh, jump right into a topic. This could be a good Christmas gift. What's that? This topic. This topic. Oh, yeah. This book is a camera. (laughs) Hey. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, there there it is. 155. One one thing that I love is pop-up books. 3D pop-up books. Then I see this advertisement that says, this book is a camera. And obviously, we know I'm a gearhead, and I love cameras. And now here's this pop-up book that is a camera, a real working camera. Ordered one. This book is by Kelly Anderson. A little bit maybe about the author. Uh, She disassembles everyday tools. She 
kind of strips them down to their normal interface and reduces them down to their functional minimums. And she made, uh, as a special gift, wedding invitations, and they were actual paper record players. Get out of town. I knew it. (laughs) And it uses, as she says, only humble and handmade construction with this device. She used a little paper cone as an amplifier. Um, She did use a needle. I don't know that it was necessarily a record needle. That funneled up into the paper tunnel, and it amplified those waves into audibility. But she does the most awesome things with paper. The difficult part of this is they're great to make on a one-to-one. But to mass produce these and get everything perfect was a challenge for her. So her newest book is is called, I can't wait for this one, it's called, This Book is a Planetarium. Oh, wow. <laughs> but get this, it morphs into being a planetarium, to a spirograph, to a musical instrument, mm. to a perpetual calendar, to a decoder ring, and a speaker. Isn't wow. this going to be a riot? I mean, what a fun book. Yeah. For an adult or actually a kid. But now about maybe more the this book is a camera. This opens this book literally opens up 3D pop-up book into a four by five pinhole camera. Whoa. It comes with five sheets of pre-cut Ilford black and white paper nice. so that you can make paper negatives. Sheets. 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 <laughs> Everything is here. This is so, so well thought out. Open it up. Lock the tabs. I'm usually shooting outdoors with this, so I'll wait one side maybe with a cell phone, something. Here we go. This literally is a camera that anyone can use. Every bit of instruction is printed on this, including, I'll tell you what suckered me into this. This is something people say about FPP a lot. There's a very small video on this. And the sound effects are amazing. Where do you find the video? Um, Lamography, YouTube, Kelly Anderson's site itself. And they're fantastic. But this book printed on the inside, and it's not a metal pinhole. This is a paper pinhole. It's black paper. Hmm. She gives instructions on the side, right on the face of the book, on exposure. Bright sun, 10 seconds. Way off. That and is so way off. I might have missed this. But what film does it take? 4 by 5 Any 4 by 5 Yep. Get it's out of the back. town. There we go. Paper negatives, too? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anything. Just fits in the slot. Open okay. it up. Oh, in the darkroom, of course, fit it in the slot. I'm missing the slot And here. can you load it and then close your book and then go out? And That's set- how I do it. Load it. Oh, my goodness. Tab down. Close my book. Oh, my God. That book is a camera. (laughs) It is. And just flip it down like this. Take it outside. Open it up. In the very front, there's a couple angular lines that give you a basic angle of view. Mm -hmm. There we go. It's all loaded. You, You get one shot unless you take a changing bag. So exposure times on the side. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Where's your shutter? Oh, cool. How many seconds? Actually, for Bright Sun, I had to go with 400 speed film, yes. not paper, two and a half minutes. That's not bad. No. The times in here are incredibly off, and I don't know if maybe... I would not have thought that the lenses on oh here were individually gosh. drilled. It's a perfect camera for someone who wants to shoot 4x5, but doesn't yes. want to, like, you know, See, buy a camera. And, and the, the <laughs> processor here, this book instead. <laughs> came in at the same time, so I was running my tests in that, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was brilliant. On the back... Processing instructions 
for the minimalist, she'll tell you, save some takeout food containers for your trays. She gives you a caffeinol recipe to develop in. It's fairly non-toxic, yeah. Exactly. Or she'll say, for those of you gearheads, I'm not sure what she called us, you can use Dectol or a film developer. Stop <gasps> Dectol. That. I know. And Fixer. Good old Kodak Fixer. Yep. So she hits everybody up. She doesn't want to leave anybody out on that. Uh, my first frame that I did on that, nothing. I followed her times. Okay. Second frame, eh, wah, wah, wah. still kind of barely there. So eventually I got a clean frame. I just put it on the window at work and let it go. Because I've used that quite a bit, I do put like a rubber band around it to hold everything square. She just needs a sequel, like this bookmark is a tripod quick release plate or something. So you could, like, <laughs> this rubber band is. Yeah. So, you know, load it up the night before, close it up. Mine did require a little bit of gluing. When I got there, oh. I, uh, I had a little problem there. But yeah, tuck that in once you've got it loaded. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Some light seal Line technology. up your image. Pull up the lens cover, expose it. Supposedly that lens is an F, I believe it was a 228. Really nice if you have your smartphone with you and an app that that does that. So you can get an idea of the times. And what's the lens? Like a 135? As far as... Angle uh, of view and all that stuff. It looks like it's actually pretty long. You know, it probably was considering I shot... You'll recognize the scene. That's the old revolver. That was shot just sitting on my windowsill. I was going to say, it kind of looks like a 150, 135. Just a a little little, bit. A little Uh less than four inches, so like a 135. So for folks that have done 4x5 before... Um, it's going to be, it's not like a super, it's not like a, a regular pinhole, which is typically like cartoony wide, lots of distortion oh, and stuff. Yes. This is actually very well tamed, uh, good, uh, good angle of view and, uh, just kind I of just, point it and it's what your eye is looking at. It basically. is. I thought it was just, well, you see the, the little marks on the front. Yeah. There's your angle. Kind yeah. of like, okay, this is what I'm going to see. That's pretty cool. It, it really is. I think it's an engineering delight. Uh, she was able to mass produce it through testing. Before you close it up, you unflip it there. This is pretty awesome. You can go online and download a PDF if you want to build your own. That's very cool. How much is the this gift? Yeah, how much I, is that gift? I believe that was twenty nine ninety five. Oh, great! Oh. And it comes with stocking fi- stuff. And it comes with film. It does. Comes with film. What kind of film does it come with? It comes with five sheets, sheets. of Ilford paper. Paper negatives. Okay. Do you need Dectol to develop that? You need Dectol to develop that. Where can you get that? I believe you can get that at the FPP store now. Right. It's pretty neat. <laughs> you got it. So there's the little Ilford pack that came with and it. And where do you buy the so book? I was. You can get it from Amazon, but I don't do Amazon. Actually, I was made aware of this from a Lomography e-blast. Oh. And I thought, must have. Must have. Must have. And I, I've truly enjoyed it. Now, my final dilemma is, does this go on my bookshelf as a book? Or does it go on my camera shelf <laughs> as a camera? Got to get two. Brilliant. There it is. This has been a lot of fun. It really has. And the university this year has started off their beginning students doing pinholes. So I went down to the university one night, and uh, we talked about film photography. We talked about FPP. And then I showed them my book, and we all went out into the real world shooting our cameras, running up to the dark room, running our paper negatives through. And we just had a blast that night. And they, they're constant. They're so great. They go... I just don't understand how this works. How does this work without a lens? And I also gave them some lovely FPP stickers to decorate their cameras with. Excellent. Nice. Yep. So that's this book is a camera. 
Thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. Awesome. Uh, we're gonna before we switch over to Matt to talk about uh, Matt. I thought I'd talk about like you know the MPEX darkroom update. But before we do that, sure. Since we're talking about a camera that's a book, I thought we'd quickly talk about one of Mark's topics. It's like no Holga, no problem. <laughs> no Holga, no problem. What do you do? And oh, why what do you there do? There's no Holga anymore. Well, Holga went out of operation in November of 2015, mm-hmm. and as far as I know, they destroyed the molds, everything, and uh, so mad. They, they're mad. They're mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crazy but mad. there certainly was an abundance of Holgas in the pipeline. You can, you'll still be able to buy new ones until that stock runs out from somewhere. The price obviously goes up because it's like a finite resource. People get, oh wow, they're not making anymore. Now I'll raise the price to $50 for a camera or a collectible. Yeah, right. And Those cameras should be $10, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, serious. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Holgas were about $15 back in the, in the 80s. Yes. Obviously, people were saying, what I want to shoot with a Holga. You don't need a Holga to get toy camera effects, folks. You can find any number of 120 box cameras mm-hmm. that that will. There are some that will give you square images. There are some that will give you rectangular six by nine images. You can use any number of other cameras out there. The Dianas that are currently being made by Lomography also will give you the same effect as a Holga. In fact, have a little bit more control in them and options for things. But you can also Go to flea markets, whatever, and find any number of old toy cameras. There's a bunch of clones of Dianas that were made. There's certainly, there is the only, there's also various iterations of Holgas out there from the uh, original 120N. There's the ones with the flash and all kinds of things. There's ones that have chimney finders and TLRs and all that. But the basic stock, run-of-the-mill Holga, there's certainly a lot of those out there used and, and new. So don't despair. You can go out and find... Go on eBay, look for uh, toy cameras, and you'll find any number of toy cameras will give you the cheesy results that we've come to expect from certain cameras. But don't think that um, you won't get good images. I mean, that's the whole thing with any of these toy cameras. You've got to put some thought into what those cameras are capable of and what your vision is. Experiment and see what works for you. There's no, there's Just because it's a Holga does not magically mean you'll get amazing images out of it you have to do a little homework and experiment and do a lot of shooting with them to figure out what works for you thank you that's it and of course if you want your your own holga type camera here at the fpp you know it is uh, what would that be it is holiday time for 1999 you get a plastic camera 120 plastic camera and a roll of film that's that's an awesome price it is an awesome price and an awesome bargain doesn't shoot square. No, but the debonairs are great. Yeah. I've gifted those so many times during the Christmas season, so this, I'll probably have to pick a few more up, Mike. Yeah. We'll be right back. This is a Cameron FPP store. Ooh, really? it's a It's a plastic, film-tastic 120. Yeah. A one. <laughs> this is known as a 120 debonair camera. Ooh. It takes 16 shots per roll of 120 roll film. It's not a Holga. It's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious, unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Uh-huh. An FPP just acquired a boatload. sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. Always. Literally a boatload. 
It has a uh, f8 60 millimeter super lens. It's super. It has a hot shoe on top. Hot, hot shoe. shoe. And you, you folks out there can have this camera. Okay. Go to filmphotographyproject.com, click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So this is a great awesome. 120 starter awesome. camera. Yes, the if you've too. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start, start with. Ooh, look at that, Dane. Perfect camera to start with, roll film. This is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy good sound. You get double, double awesome. triple, quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. And yeah, of course, breaks, you should use it that's huge. <laughs> and of course, by visiting the filmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. You know, I'm always excited about the Impex Darkroom Update, new classes, affordable rentals. This is not an ad, folks. Matt works at Impex Midwest Photo Exchange. Sure do. And, like, that's your advantage. Yeah. Because you go in there and you shake them down. Like, no, man, you take another 20 off. No, seriously, we, uh, we have the, well, one of the, I think it's the second most cost-effective darkroom in the nation. Like, the, the only one that's a little bit cheaper is in L.A., so you got to go all the way to the other side of the country. Uh, 12 bucks an hour, you get a darkroom, fully furnished, uh, all the chemistry you need to do black and white paper, uh, film. We have toner in there if you need it. Uh, y- we can facilitate color. The enlargers can do color, but we don't provide chemistry. But I, I hear there's this place where you can buy C41 chemistry. Pretty like 20 bucks. Yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> cheaper than everybody. Yeah, where, folks? <laughs> um, Matt, really quick. Do people, yeah. Because it's $12 an hour, do people that are thrifty who have their act together come in completely planned? Like, no, like, oh, bump, bump, it's bump, like It's bump. like military. They come in, and they're like, I am going to do 14 rolls in this one hour. And I'm like... Whoa, come on. No. <laughs> no, but you can rent it for a half day for even cheaper than the, 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 the $12 an hour. So, I mean, it's just very, very easy to, uh, to get good value out of the darkroom time. I believe, like, the whole day, there's even a discount to, if you t- do it for the whole day. And on some days, that's, uh, that's eight hours of continuous usage. Um, there's film dryers there. There's print dryer. Uh, I mean, everything you need is right there, ready to make enlargements, upwards of 20 by 24 uh, you know, RC fiber, good stuff. How big a negative can you handle? Up to four by five. Awesome. We have a Bessler forty five VXL. Yep. It's got an anti Newton ring holder, so you mm-hmm. can put funky size films in there too. Um, if you come with bigger sheets, uh, you can uh, do hangers and tanks, trays. We just don't ha- uh, and we have everything to do up to eleven by fourteen contact prints. So, how far do people travel to go to that dark room? To so the dark room, the furthest we've had so far is uh, is Virginia, but Virginia to Ohio—that's a good trip, you know. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, they were they were in town visiting, but they were oh. just also a film shooter. They knew uh, they knew of uh, MPEX. Uh, I think it was either through FPP or the other way around, but it was uh, definitely a positive visit. They had some cameras they wanted to pick up, but we have folks. Uh, the new location is just kind of crazy. We have a lot of people coming from all over the U.S. It's because we're off the highway now, so. Right off of I-71, which cuts right across Ohio, goes Cincinnati to Cleveland. Uh, you just get a lot of people uh, coming through, especially from uh, down south. I really feel bad uh, sometimes for uh, my West Virginia and Kentucky customers. There's very little going on as far as like big camera shops where they can buy, sell, trade. So they'll come all the way. They'll make a day of it. In fact, I actually had um, a large format guy come, come through uh, earlier 
earlier this fall. He was from uh, from Ann Arbor. He oh. brought his large format stuff specifically to sell to us because wow. he knew uh, he knew we would get him a good deal on it. So we happily brought in some eight by ten and four by five gear. So what if I don't know anything about developing film? Will you teach me? No problem. Is there a class? There is a class. We have a structured set of a black and white darkroom one, uh, 101, 102, and 103 awesome. currently classes. The 101 yeah. is black and white theory. It was actually uh, one thing I was teaching uh, before I came in uh, a few episodes ago. I like got done with the class and hit the rickety road. In that class, we cover uh, you know what is film, what goes into it, uh, what makes it different than digital, how you should you know pre- mm-hmm. preferably treat it, how to meter it. How, just how to get a good exposure. That film also includes a free roll to uh, to get you shooting, and then you can bring back that roll of film uh, up to two more rolls of film with you to 102, and we will develop said film. We'll show you all the steps. We'll we'll hold your hand through the process and get you some good looking negatives that are there and dried. And then by 103, we will contact print and then enlarge. Pick Excellent. you know make our selects and enlarge from there. So it's it's a nice start to finish process. If you can't make the dates, most of the time they take place on uh, on week uh, weekday, weeknights or uh, or weekend during the day. If you can't make those, that's not a problem. Uh, we all, I also do one on ones. So the one-on-ones are a little bit pricier, but I always tell folks we can fit a whole lot of stuff into an hour if we have goals outlined. Mm-hmm. You know, you come in knowing what you want, and we can do a lot of stuff in a very short amount of time. When we have a, a general scope, uh, like a large class, we can uh, we can lower the cost because we have a lot more people um, entering it. So um, to learn more about all the different class and MPEX has classes going on every day like about anything in photography so if you're just into photography in general i recommend coming to the store uh it's ridiculously cool and i'm not saying that because i worked there when i for the eight years before i worked there i was a customer there um it's just one of the coolest shops Uh, it's still you know a small family-owned shop but it has a big camera store feel so Mm -hmm. that's the that's the best thing about it you can find out more about the classes or how to see when you can rent the darkroom there's a little calendar that live updates when somebody signs up for it through the rentals department it's mpex mpex.com forward slash learn and there's a whole site dedicated to classes it's uh it's pretty crazy it's it's a fun time to to work at a at a at a little big camera shop matt do people come in rent by the hour and like expect almost like a, like thinking like it's a class like kind of go overboard asking for like too many tips hints I'll, how do I do this what do I do I'm stuck so the good the good thing bad thing about the the dark room is it, it does kind of invite uh, learning about it that's kind of the the good thing but the bad thing is yeah sometimes folks believe that that includes somebody over, looming over your shoulder the entire time that it's definitely you know uh, before you can rent in the dark room we do have a dark room associate. Uh, on location at all times, somebody that's trained up in it to, to kind of get a feel. Look, do you know what you're doing with the darkroom? If you don't, we would recommend you take at least this uh, the safety course to make sure we run through all of our procedures, which just counts as like a couple hours rental fee, and then you're you're on your own. We do have all the MS. We're we're on the up and up. We have all the mm-hmm. MSDS on location. Uh, everything you need to know that's in them just for. Uh, hazards you know if you're allergic to anything by any chance all the safety equipment you can need goggles uh aprons gloves all the goodies good ventilation emergency eye wash all that stuff's there so but we also have instructional sheets so if you do want to kind of if you are someone that learns by uh reading the manual i don't know who is but if you are somebody that did it in high school yeah or or you need need a a quick refresher refresher. yeah exactly so uh, nice uh, we have all that stuff on site too i just call them dummy sheets i have everything highlighted uh on the sheets like if this is your 
your film. This is what you need to do. So for Kodak, Ilford, Fuji, the big three that we sell there. Big three. Um, yeah, we have uh, all that ready to go. So it's pretty It's pretty all-inclusive. I mean, I I was one of the, the two folks at MPEX that kind of built this thing from the, the ground mm-hmm. up. So uh, I tried to make it like, what would I be... What would I be cool using? And that, that's basically it. We also have a silver recovery unit in there, so you can use everything in the, uh, in the darkroom one shot and not have to worry. Just down the drain it goes. Cool. Cool. That is marvelous. Very cool. Uh, thank you, Matt. And this, um, before we take a break, this kind of goes into like a group discussion. We can go around the table. Mark O'Brien's uh, discussion topics. Prints. Output. What should I use? Silver prints? Digital prints? Inkjets? Does it does it matter? And if it matters, why does it matter? Oh, this is a great topic because I just got done printing a show for this month. What <laughs> show? We'll start on this side. Printing. Uh, what do uh, you think? I only have uh, the university's darkroom available to me. I said a few years ago I'll never process film again. <laughs> huh. Right. So I don't do a lot of wet printing. Uh, I'm proficient at it. I am a competition printer. People many times have used me print for them. But right now... I don't have a lot of time, even though I do have the darkroom available. I do not have a personal darkroom any longer. So I print inkjet, and there's a huge difference in inkjet quality and life. Mm. Because a lot of people come in and they say, yes, this paper I bought says photo quality. Photo (laughs) quality is not photo life. That paper could last 100 years, but what you spray on it may not. So I I do a 200-year Epson product. I print personally myself, and I also print for my customers on that. So that's currently what I am using. Some things don't translate. You cannot print on a fiber-based paper through an inkjet printer that you can hand color on. If you're doing that kind of thing, it still really needs to be a darkroom print. So not everything translates well. I treat my inkjet prints like I treated my darkroom prints. When I scan a negative in, I don't drastically change things. I could do, this is probably old school, I do what I could do in the darkroom, which means I'll burn a corner in, I'll dodge an area, I'll change a color balance, that type of thing. That's how I handle my current inkjet printing for my negatives. As, Mr. Mark. Yeah, well, as someone who's in a group of people that we put up exhibitions and so forth, I get people asking me, well, what should I do? What should I, should I give you a, a silver print? What if I can't make a silver print? Um, what, what's chromogenic mean? What, you know, the, all these questions people have. And so I basically separate it out to there's things that you can do yourself. If you can do them yourself, do them. So if... If you feel that you are going to make um, a silver print and you want to do that, and that is a good example of your work, I say make a silver print if you can. Because, one, we know if you've done it archivally, they'll last a long time. And they do have a different feel to them Mm -hmm. and so forth, as we all know. If you're doing color work, though, very few people have color darkrooms. That's really become a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. However... We're really adept at scanning our images. So if you get make, make a good scan from your negative, send it to an online service that you trust. Um, there's a bunch of different ones. MPix is one that I use mm-hmm. a lot. Miller's, yep. And uh, they do a fantastic job. They have quick turnaround time. Their stuff is really professionally done. They'll even do color balancing if you, if, for you if you 
but I always am pretty sure what I send them is what I want, and I just don't don't do that. And they can do whatever size format. They can do formats and size that you might never want to try on your own because they've got the equipment to do it. So, and they use Chrome. And what they do is a, a light jet system, and mm-hmm. they use Chrome. It's real film. It's real paper. Yep, Fuji uh, Crystal Archive. And yep. it's, it's archival, and it's inexpensive. Um, you could not possibly do it yourself for what it, what you pay them to do do these things so they're, they're dirt cheap they're they're they great are. service and if you if you have a tax id too so yeah. if you are your own business and you have an ein you can sign up through their parent company millers and you get better prices and uh free uh free fedex overnight uh return shipping uh wow. for orders over 20 bucks which that's okay that's <laughs> yeah. yeah so i i highly recommend something like that then of course you have so that would be a chromogenic print, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend if you're doing color work. People may want to use an inkjet for that, and that's certainly up to the person doing the doing the work. And and however, whatever process you do that you believe expresses your vision, go for it. I don't think any, anyone at this point needs to be a stickler for if it's not this, it's no good. Those days are over with. If you are doing instant photography, obviously that is your product. If you're doing sort of Historic processes like cyanotypes or any of those other processes, those are going to be authentically done. You need to use the right paper and chemicals to achieve those things. If you want to produce a cyanotype digitally, um, sorry, folks, that doesn't cut the mustard. It's a, it's a, it's a faux cyanotype. It's not a real thing. The, don't confuse the look with the process. And that's I'm a really stickler for that. If you are doing... Other things that you want to say, well, let's see, I want to do uh, a cyanotype and have it in a show. And you can, you can certainly, you don't have to, um, you can use a computer in that whole pr- process by making a digital negative and then, of course, having a cyanotype output. So there's other ways to achieve the end if you, you know, read up about it and, and, and get what you want. But it's, uh, it depends on what you're doing. You know, there's people who think, Oh, I want to put my stuff on canvas, and my feeling is if it's artwork, if you just are interested in hanging um, wall art up somewhere, I guess that's okay, but I really cringe at the thought of uh, things on canvas if it's a photograph. so You cringe. I cringe. It just, you know, I see it. In some times it works well, but most of the time I see it, it just looks cliched or in a way that just, I just, it, it, ha- it, I, I guess I believe a photograph should have a frame around it, um, and some and a mat and all that. And uh, having it on canvas just it's, it's not it's it's not a painting. How about a wood block? A wood block might be better. Yeah. Okay. How I mean, it's a, a way, sheet of aluminum. A sheet of aluminum. There's there's ways of presenting things, and again, it's it's all it can be very eclectic. I've seen various ways. I've, I've seen people make transparent large transparencies and put them in a in a light box so you mm-hmm. can view them. That's okay. It's part of the art process. But I think if you're serious about showing photography, I think you should probably stick to the things that photography is good at doing and the processes. Leslie? I did mine. What? You- oh. <laughs> yeah. Matt, hey. <laughs> yeah, this, this is really fresh in my mind because I just printed some stuff out for, uh, for a show uh, that I've got hanging up now. So um, I opted the inkjet method uh, mainly because I can uh, print very, very, very large inkjets uh, in-house. 
um, at uh, at Midwest, which is really nice. We don't offer photo finishing, but we have these lovely large demo printers, and Epson gives us free stuff. So I printed out a few biggie size prints because I'd actually never printed biggie size before. Hmm. So I want biggie size forty by fifty. Oh, like the stuff so. that Bill Schwab's been doing. Yeah, he's been doing. Hey, Matt, supersize that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, you know, I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I wanted to do something bigger, so I did. Um, but ordinarily, um, if I'm pr- if I'm doing eight by tens, sometimes I will contact print. Um, I'll usually do it on a fiber paper, silver gelatin. So black and whites are a little trickier. Uh, you know, you can send that off to be C printed, um, but if it's if it's a color C print process, it's going to look kind of weird. It's going to look very grayscale, very flat. If you send it to a true black and white lab like uh, the Darkroom, who does Ilford prints, they do a fantastic job on RC paper with that. There's another place uh, over on the other side of the coast, um, Digital Silver Imaging in Massachusetts. Uh, they also can do the Lambda prints um, onto black and white uh, fiber paper, and they use mm. Ilford as well. Blue Moon, yeah, optical. They uh, mm-hmm. um, they do some really good work. If you want to do all optical, like only passing through lenses, not laser through a computer, um, you can go to um, – I've also used this gentleman in Rochester, um, Edgar Prouse, uh, Prouse Productions. He's a one-man band, but he does some amazing stuff. I mean, he does, like, editions. So if you want true dodge and burn, like, you send him wow. the notes, he sends you proofs and everything. Um, he does amazing, amazing work, and he also does uh, hand color printing too. So that's if you really, really want to get the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've used Digital Silver. They do really good work. And, uh, of course, the Darkroom. If, it, if, for, if it's photo gifts, uh, I go Darkroom yep. all day, every day, because they're, they're, um, the die sub stuff that they do is amazing because it doesn't scratch. It, it just lasts. I um, hate to tell Mark O'Brien, but I had a customer who wanted to canvas. I didn't particularly want to crank it out. Went one place, didn't like it. I knew it was going to be tough to print. Sent it to the Darkroom. They nailed it. Customer loved it. But yeah, the dark room. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so I, I don't really think uh, I kind of agree with you know where you guys are at. It's we're we're past the point where it's it's you know we're not like bickering too much about how it's how it's done. Honestly, I'm just happy to see if somebody prints their work at all. I mean, I yeah. I see folks come in day in and day out, pros, semi pros. None of none of them are printing their stuff right now, and it's really sad to see. Um, so anything that's getting people to print their work is is thumbs up. In my opinion, yeah, I believe a photograph should be printed in some form so you can enjoy it, and, and you just don't have the same feeling looking at it on a computer screen. No, it's it's a completely different. And if I may add, I've been going with the pros. I I shoot my film, I scan my neg, tweak my image to my liking, mm-hmm. because uh, as I said offline to a variety of you folks sitting at this table, the, you know, it's what you like. Right. I tweak it. I, I'm proficient in Photoshop for many, many years, so I kind of know what I'm looking for. I get it to the way I like it. Send the JPEG to the darkroom, and in the past I've used a company, uh, the the uh, <coughs> consumer side of uh, Miller, which is called M-Pix. M-Pix. Yep. Both companies have done a tremendous job. And all sizes, all crazy sizes, yeah. small they do, sizes. They do insane sizes, yeah. On, uh, on, on aluminum, on wooden blocks, uh, gifted things. Um, the stuff on the Gator board is really nice because it's mm-hmm. a half-inch thick foam core, black yeah. foam core. And I did a, someone uh, for hire for someone, and they just loved it. And uh, the nice thing about that, you don't have to have a frame around it, and you can just hang it on the nail on the wall, and it looks great. You know who likes float fr- framing on Gator board? Professor Jeff. Professor Jeff. Every big exhibition on that. But mm-hmm. it looks really good. This this is the time of year to make prints because you can give Absolutely. them away. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Prints. 
people like to have prints. You know, if, if you send it, if you send them an email and you've got a picture of so and so, it gets buried in the in your computer, and then no one sees it again. But if you maybe it's just a little four by six print, and they stick it on the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're looking at it every day. Before we take a quick break, here's a quick letter from our good friend Shaq Motti, Mike Sherman, longtime listener of the FPP, and today he's talking about rangefinders. He says, "Hey, Mike and the gang." Do any of you own a Canon rangefinder? Why, yes, Mike, I do. It's called a Canon QL17. I'm surprised I haven't heard about them on the show yet. What show? I thank you, Leslie. <laughs> We've definitely talked about the Canon QL17. The QLs, yes, and the prob- QL11. Probably not like the Leica copy rangefinders that they made, though. And with uh, and those Dal- are pricey. And with Dalzell being on the show often, I mean, he's a rangefinder fiend. Right. So we've, yeah. we've been talking about a lot. Where you been, Mike? Have you been listening? He says, uh, if you don't own one, you might want to look into it. They usually sell at pretty reasonable prices. And I know Mike, that's me, is a Canon fan. I was just hoping someone would bring up, bring it up on a future shoe. Keep up the amazing podcast. I'm back in Afghanistan again, and I'm going to put together another package for you. Ooh. To get out. Oh. So keep your eyes peeled. He sent uh, oh. you, you bunch folks of here? Stuff. Yeah. Bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, on uh, my Flickr account, I have my dad holding up Afghan candy. Mm-hmm. Candy, hats, scarves. Mike oh, sent us a bunch yes. of stuff. Uh-huh. By the way, Mike, it's a P.O. Get your pen out. <laughs> P.O. Box 264, Fairlawn, New Jersey. This goes for everyone else listening, too. 07410. Folks listening, send us something from your village. What is it that you have there that's, you know, different, that you can't get? You know, if you're on the East Coast, you may have Drake's Cakes, like Devil Dogs. But Leslie didn't know what a Drake cake was. I did not. Neither did Mark O'Brien. No. What did you know? What, what goes on in Michigan that we don't have here? Oh, we have Entenmann, so I'm sure that's everywhere. Here I it's Entenmann's. Verners. Verners, we have, well. Yeah, we don't have that. Yeah. You have Verners? Yeah, that's not good. We have a lot of good beer in Michigan. He says, I'm disappointed in the FPP listeners, though. You've mentioned that. You haven't been getting any treats in the mail. I had to bring my own Tim Tams to this show. Where are they, folks? Come right. on. Yeah. If, you can get, if I can get one out to you from here, it's going to be easier to send it from the States. What's the deal? Well, I just gave the address. Thank you, uh-huh. Michael. Thank you for thinking of us. I really appreciate it. Uh, and, folks, yes, I mean, I mean, we've been opening a lot of donation oh. boxes, so it's really wrong for us. I mean, we're opening <laughs> up boxes and boxes of cameras that are going to students. It's wrong of us to think that we're going to open up a box and get a treat. However... Or a box of Leicas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of rangefinders... Yes. <laughs> send me... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Canon P rangefinder. Yeah, yeah, Canon P. I have one already. Thank you, Mike. It's always a thrill to hear from you. Uh, let's... Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, something that uh, is also good to have. And it's our product review. It's called the Black Cat Exposure Meter. How fun. We'll be back. Know what you're getting me for Christmas? Yep. Got a motor? Yep. Bucket seats? No seats. You stand up in it? Nobody ever has. Give me a hint. Well, you press a button and it gives you a prize. You got me a gumball machine. It's a lot of fun for everybody. It's the simplest one in the world. It's got a motor. You press a button. It's the simplest one in the world. You didn't. It's a one step. But you get those free. (laughs) 
Hey folks, Michael Rosso here, and I'm here to tell you about the Holiday Gift Guide. That's right, from the Film Photography Store, the greatest store on earth, the only place where you can get the famous FPP hand-rolled 35mm film. There's some great things over there, some great film-tastic items over there. You can just log on to filmphotographyproject.com. Click the store button or check out the latest blog, which is the Filmtastic FPP Holiday Gift Guide, written by, yes, that's right, yours truly, that's me. Some exciting things to give the perfect gift for the film photographer in your life, or you. Gift yourself. Why the heck not? Eastman Double X 19 Rolls in an authentic Eastman Double X film can. Vision 3 film now comes in a 12-roll box. You get 9 rolls of Vision 3 film plus 3 bonus rolls of a low ISO Vision stock. The new FPP Color Infrared camera. It's an ultra-wide and slim camera with a DIY filter that I put on it for you so you could shoot color infrared film in this awesome point-and-shoot camera. What's the most fun film format? 110 film? Well, Matt Marash may not agree, but we all love 110 film, and we now carry the Ikimono Flash. It's a little cute little camera that has a built-in flash. It's brand new, and certainly it would make a fun gift for anyone. Looking for film that's cheap and good? You may say, it's not possible. But yes, it is. The FPP EDU line of 35mm black and white film. It comes in a nine-roll box. Or you could buy rolls individually for $3.99 each. Zoics! The word is out that Shmina film is fantastic. We've been chatting about it here on the podcast. And now there are two filmtastic boxes. A nine-roll box, the Shmina black and white sampler, has some FN64, photo 100, photo 200, photo 400, and some Tasma film. And a Shmina low ISO sampler. That's right. Low. ISO sampler. The FPP Pentax K1000 t-shirt, that's the only official FPP t-shirt, is $12.99. Retro chrome. Color slide film in a Kodak can. Whoa. The FPP store is now stocked with 35mm SLR cameras. And of course, our FPP Plastic Filmtastic 120 toy camera is still available, and each one sold comes with a free roll of film. Super Super 8, we've been covering it. The 50th year of Super 8, a big celebration. We now carry Super 8 film in our store. Head on over to filmphotographystore.com. Pick up some stuff for yourself, stuff as gifts, and support the FPP. Hey folks, we're back. Here's something new. This is something new, new in the FPP online store, in uh, the accessory department. Uh, definitely uh, check that out. It's called the Black Cat Exposure Guide. This is from our good friend Jim Lehman, and he was nice enough to nice enough to you know send a sample out. So here we are. We have the Black Cat Exposure Guide, uh, and the person I said the person to check this out. Please, please, please give us a review. Leslie Lazenby. Yeah. What is it? 
What it's is here it? in the store. Why do we need it? Do, do we need it? Should someone buy it? Is it worth having? Yeah, a piece of crap or whatever. Yeah. Now, this is actually an old product. Okay. Because 20 years ago when I uh, worked for the man in retail, we sold these. I don't believe he owned them then. It was another company they purchased. Here we go. So the Black Cat Exposure Meter. You don't have a meter? No problem. ISO lower than your meter goes? No problem. Pinhole exposures? No problem. Firmware digital? No problem. It is no problem. It's printed on cardstock. This is not a little handheld meter that requires a battery. You'll see a photograph of it. If we, if, if, you know... The nuke gets dropped, and we survive here in yeah. the bunker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our film's going to survive, and this our cameras... This is the one place that would survive. It is. A <laughs> if the zombie apocalypse <laughs> comes, and we don't have any electricity... Well, let's go back to the yeah. nuke. Yeah. This, is a wor- <laughs> this is a World War I Curtis Wright airplane factory we're broadcasting from. This place is designed to be... Like, if it's bombed, we're surviving. I'm screwed, because I don't want to go down in the... Yeah, we yeah I don't like that. We got all that. We got all so that. We're all set. We have cameras that don't need cream it out. And I'll batteries. Get, yeah. Hor- and horror movies. Horror movies to keep us entertained. Right. Yep. And, and uh, we have the black and we have exposure meeting. One package of Tim Tams. It's going to get <laughs> ugly eventually, but <laughs> so this this is this is not a new idea. Like I said, it's been around at least twenty five years. It's rarely updated. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. I'll talk about that a little bit later. We all know, we talk about Sunny 16. Who is Sunny 16? Sunny 16. Sunny, Sunny, Sunny Bono years ago right. came up with this system. Um, if you don't have a meter, you want to check your meter, you can do the Sunny 16 rules. But the Sunny 16 really is designed for daylight to full clouds. Mm-hmm. So what if you're doing nighttime... Images at Tiger Stadium, which I don't know what it's called. I'm, wor- I'm working on it. Yeah, there you go. What about like a ballpark or scenes lit by moonlight? Sunny 16 isn't going to be so good. Maybe even your own meter may not be great on those extremes. But that black cat exposure meter can do it. Meow. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a trifold uh, piece of material. Fits in like a number 10 envelope if you'd put it in your camera bag. It has a dial calculator on the front. The calculator has letters, film speeds, and then, of course, your shutter speed and your apertures are f-stop equivalents. Right. It has a zone system in brackets as well. So the first thing you have to do is find your identifying letter. And if you open it up, you'll get scene descriptions and the letter they assign to it. You dial in the ISO of your film mm-hmm. to the letter, and then you can pick all the exposure equivalents oh, that you want. ISO so letter. if shutter is important, pick your shutter speed. I can't go, go below a 30th of a second, what's my F-stop type of thing. So you can, for me, exposure equ- equivalents are a natural. That just does it. You don't have to think about a thing. So, for example, I've got my favorite nighttime film in, which is Vision 500T. And it's in the city, and it just rained. We got some reflections going on. They actually have a category that says reflections, wet street, night. Get out of town. I know it. And they assign the letter H to it. So on the front, I'm going to put my film speed in to the H. Mm -hmm. And now I have my F-stop and shutter speed 
combinations right there for me. If I'm using a pod and I tripod, sticks, legs, whatever you want to call it, um, and I want a lot of depth of field, I can choose it because I have a tripod and I can leave my lens open longer. Hand holding, not a problem. I'm going to probably hover in at 60 and it'll get me the f-stop I need. So briefly inside of there, there are 70 scenes listed. They also supply an insert in there that has what's called light codes. Mm -hmm. And the light codes are a way to view the scene information and it, it gives the light condition it covers. There's also kind of a, a reverse to that, and it'll say everything under H covers this. Oh, that nighttime, but also this, that, and the other thing. Once you become just slightly familiar with this, it's very, very valuable. Now, I mentioned also, too, that if you're using a very low ISO film, this is good because this goes down to 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 35, 0 0.7, 1.5. Oh, my goodness. See, so we're way down there, up to... Just in case you want to crank some out, 1.6 million ISO film. <laughs> so this can keep up with uh, one of the new digital mirrorless. This is there crazy. you go. Exactly. Crazy. And it, it's been like that. So that's why it's been not updated regularly. They just started off with these numbers, and people were saying, that's crazy. So shutter and, speeds. And look at the f-stop. Oh, sorry. Oh, I know. When do you get to okay. the f-stops? The shutter speeds are just as wild. Whoa. It's one. 128,000 to 27 hours. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that minute of a fraction to 27 hours. The f-stop range, f1, mm -hmm. for some of you rear Canon users, to f1024. <laughs> 1024. That is 1024. crazy. So obviously when you get those big numbers, you're covering pinhole. Yeah, like probably the last one, two, three, four, five, six. The last six are like pinhole mainstays. Yes, Really, exactly. really good stuff. And actually, folks, this is super easy to use. I'm just reading off here. And mm -hmm. what's, what's cool, so like Leslie said, moonlit. Well, Leslie, is that baseball stadium lit by the full moon, a half moon, or a quarter moon? I don't know. You, I'll say it's a quarter moon. Quarter moon? Okay, that's going to change our exposure. So we have a and different have a letter di different assigned letter to for it. it. So this Sounds is like uh, Matt Marush is giving this two thumbs up. <laughs> this thing's crazy. I mean, it, it is. But, now, you know, see, this, they're not the first people to try this. You can get these neat little Kodak ones. Yeah, the little Wonder Wheels. I they stopped at ASA 400 because oh. they never anticipated anything beyond that. You also get reciprocity correction. Whoa, wait, now, where? Now, look on the back there. Okay. What do you got on the back? 18% gray card. Perfect. You oh, want to wow. check your own meter, your in-camera meter. The 18%, you can meter off that. Double check it with the, uh, there you go. Double check it with the codes inside. Wait, so where's the reciprocity thing? I'm looking for it. It's in there. Your camera meter will, will never tell you all that information. That's exactly right. Uh, a, a pinhole, uh, not a pinhole, a zone system explanation. It doesn't go deep into that, but it's... This um, is great. Yeah, filter compensation information, oh, at a stop, that type of thing, if it's a filter factor of two, how to do it. The whole thing will fit neatly into a number 10 envelope because it is a trifold. Slip that in your camera bag, and you are never without a meter. It's extremely accurate. Of course, it's paper. It doesn't require batteries. It is well laminated for long-term use. Mm -hmm. You don't even really have to worry about, I don't really understand incident and reflect it on my meter. Which one am I going to use? No, you just read your codes. It, read it's irrelevant. Card, yeah. Yep. It is not fooled by backlighting. It's not fooled. No. 
it's brilliant. It's smart. <laughs> but, I pity the fool. <laughs> and that's uh, 1999. Sold. 1999. Wow. Sold. And I'm going to tell you, if you buy it from the FPP store, it's pittance to ship. Yes. It's There's, flat. It's, it's flat, cardboard. Fits in yeah. an envelope. Out it goes. So I hadn't looked at one of these in years, and I had forgotten really just how slick they were. It needs a bit of explanation like we've done now, because if you just see it sitting there, you're just going to bypass it. I can definitely see how, uh, so, like, a digital shooter, they would, like, like they freak out if they see it, because, like, I open up, like, wow, that's a lot of words. You know, like... Yes. <laughs> Ooh, Some of them are. There's, no, there's but, numbers and words. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. What are those F thingies again? Yeah, exactly. no. But, but no, it's it's kind of cool. Just playing. I think any photographer that has even attempted manual before um, will appreciate it because yep. even if you're just like messing around, waiting for a long exposure to finish up, I think Star Trails guys should have these all the time. It's Anybody that likes uh, hiking and you don't want to like over, you know over encumber yourself, yeah, accurate right. meter, lightweight, super lightweight. I mean, anybody yeah, that does it. anything out west, uh, put oh, that in your backpack. Probably yeah. two or three ounces at the most. So that's the black cat exposure meter. That is really neat. Right. No batteries required. No, no batteries required. In an emergency, it can, Leave your it can, it can start alone. a fire. So I got no time for the jibba-jabba. This is what you need. It's what you need. 20 bucks. Everybody's yeah. got 20 bucks. You, you get it, open it up, familiarize yourself with it, it's done. Stocking once stuffer. You, once you've got it in your head... I just need to find my scene. It gives me a letter. I dial in my film. Uh, this reminds me of uh, when I first uh, put a, when I first started using um, Goss and Luna Pro F, a mm-hmm. handheld meter. Goss and Luna Pro F. F. Uh, when you look at it, all the dials, like yeah. you think yeah. it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. There's a lot of information here, a lot of words, but I'm sure it's just like once you once you get it, once you got it, it's yeah, good. it's there. And, 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 and you're you're, you're actually learning the relationship between all of these for your camera. So as you get better with this, you're not going to use it as much. You're going to be able to walk into a scene, boom, you know exactly what your exposure is. Wow, you're right. You're absolutely right on that. So. But Ansel Adams could have used one of these. That's right. He could have. Well, you know, this is a good time to just uh, sashay right into a topic about meters. And it's worded oddly. I'm going to ask Mark what this means because he wrote it. It says extinction meters. Why are they extinct? I think they're for <laughs> shooting dinosaurs. Oh, what does that mean? And what, is, uh, what is the pun? Because I missed it. Well, <laughs> That's a science pun right there. They're, they're no longer used. What's no longer used? Extinction meters. <laughs> Oh, what is an extinction? It was an early attempt at using a graduated wedge of gray scales that you would look through, usually a piece of film, in the back of a camera. And early, some of the Arguses, one of the early Arguses had extinction meters. Um, Other American companies made extinction meters. And basically, it was a way before we actually had cadmium sulfide and selenium meters that, that were electronic to give you readouts and these you would look at a scene and then look at a hole in the extinction meter and when the scene no longer showed through a certain level of grayscale that would tell you the one beyond that would tell you that is your that is your exposure value that you're going to use and they are prone they're not extremely accurate and of course if you're shooting in the dark it's not worth anything because there's no contrast of anything you're, you're shooting. So they had limited utility. You're, 
you're probably better off just using Sunny 16 as your guideline. But these came out back in the 30s, 20s and 30s, almost 100 years ago. And people still will occasionally find a camera, like one of the early uh, Arguses that have, Argus A's had an extinction meter on them. It was built right in. Built right into the camera, right. Did and there's make handheld they, uh, There were some handheld. Well, hand, actually, Argus sold one. It was a little thing that just fit in your pocket it was a little extinction meter and it was like a little card with a little gray film in there and it, you would uh i've got one in my collection somewhere and uh you would use that as a as a metering device they had limited utility they were probably good enough for for average conditions you probably could have guessed half the time what you're gonna, what you're going to use and have about the same result so yes they are extinct because other things would like um, technologies replaced them, and they were just deemed not to be terribly when, useful in all conditions. When were they extinct? Oh, uh, I would say by the time the fifties rolled around, there oh, no one was. I never heard of it. Okay, I either. You know, I just think mm-hmm. of a classic Gaussian meter, or right. you know, classic handheld meter. Old meter for me would be like a B meter. Do you know the B right? Meters? I know the yeah. B meters. Were, were these invented back at the dawn of photography? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I don't know that for for sure. Probably, I would say. They probably were available in the by the late teens, early twenties. Wow! But it was just a way to you know have a tool to help you gauge your exposure, and they weren't terribly reliable, but under average conditions, they probably worked well enough. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that's why they're extinct. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I never heard of them before. I learned something today, and uh, for now, we're going to be leaving very soon. But we're going to have a moment of silence here. Matt's going to fill us in why. Oh. The Eastman mm-hmm. Commercial B, 8x10 camera, a moment of silence. Yes. Hats off, everyone. Yes. This, of course, was the camera that when I first met Matt, it was in his backpack. Mm-hmm. In his car in New York City. He's like, is it okay if I left in my car? I don't know about that, Matt. <laughs> and uh, the early days of FPP, when Matt came on board, always had the Eastman Commercial B. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's what just jettisoned me into large format uh, a few months back. I fed it back into the cycle. So originally, it was my uh, was my other photography professor, Mr. Spencer Cunningham, over at the University of Finley. He uh, he gave me the camera with the stipulation that if I put film through it, it's it's mine to use. But there might be a day that comes when uh, another student needs to get started into large format. So I'll put it back into the system. And uh, that day came. Had to uh, <laughs> give give her back. So I, I cleaned it up. It, it, Spencer received it back. Yes. Uh, back in September, uh, in better shape than he received it. Had some new repairs. So what happened? Another student is getting oh. the bug for large format. Oh, so, so it's, it's their advanced photography class. Yes. Oh, so it's not in your possession anymore. No. It's but it's now back oh, and, and it's in another student's hands now. And he or she is uh, going to be making some eight by tens with it. They oh, that's have, exciting news. They have a, they have a hundred sheets of uh, X ray film to get them started. Some holders, uh, a lens, tripod. I mean, it's it's fully furnished, ready to go. So. Uh, it's kind of kind of a neat way that uh, Spencer got me started in photography and hopefully uh, in large format and hopefully mm. get some other people uh, hooked on it because you know with any film stuff you you need it's not just the camera it's not just film it's like all the other little things on top of it so uh, I'm just uh, I'm sad to see it go but I'm also happy to see it uh, getting some use right. I'm sorry to see it go. I thought maybe it, you know, passed away. Oh, thank goodness, no. Uh, that thing was made out of mag- uh, magnesium. It wasn't going anywhere. Well, thank you, Matt. Yeah. 
Uh, folks out there listening, you could write to us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, of course, uh, you could send us a letter or a package in the mail. If you have any stuff you want to donate to us, we will put it to good use. We uh, basically take in your cameras. We go through them, make sure they're working, put in new batteries, test them, and send them out to school programs across this great land. Uh, and it's been a very successful program. There is none. N- there's no other program like it. Mm-mm. Teachers across this great land do not know where to get vintage film cameras. And many teachers and professors don't have the budgets because athletics take all the budget. Yes. Fact. <laughs> And of course, if PC principal sees, you know, artistic, <laughs> sees like you know cameras or something coming in, he's going to want to squash that, regardless of whether it's free or not. <laughs> oh, there's a secret experiment going on over here. Save it for the show. Well, we are. We said so, not a word. When we come back, folks, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, all sorts of stuff. This uh, topic that uh, Mark O'Brien has uh, jump started. Uh, it's called a shutter tester. Yeah, and it's great because we've been talking about the shutter tester like for like all seven years, and we've never actually brought it I out. Had one on the show. Yeah. Oh, you, wait, like, Mark Mark Dizel did. Yeah, yeah, but Finley. But oh, it, yeah, but we, we never took it out. Oh, he was testing he stuff did. with it. Yeah, but oh, just it was our personal oh, stuff. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me so. five minutes. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. you need five minutes. Yeah. Well. Oh no, we're gonna we're, we're done with the show. We're gonna hear some music from the sm- oh. music smooth sailors. Uh, Darren Riley, you may say, well, you know, why do you guys play music? Why do you guys play music? Because we like it. Because we make it. <laughs> now, the musicians are not here today, but John Fideli, Dane Johnson, Mark Dalzell, they make the music. FPPers make the music. Our UK correspondent, Darren Ballard Riley, he makes this music. They make the music. We make it here. We're a factory, we're making the music. Occasionally, you might even get a J.J. Fisher Derby Girls. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. Matt's saying, oh, man, it'd be great if there's some kind of compilation, like a special, FPP special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You buy some film, get a, a CD or download. Or just, yeah, just any uh, any little, you know, secret giveaway kind People of thing. People want that. They, they do. do. They love those Easter eggs. So we'll see you next time.
this is, is caused by UFOs. 